0: Hello everyone. This is Aisha from the Right Greed, and today on my show, I have an old friend of mine, Armin Kapadia Basav Raju, and she's uh, calling in from Bangalore. And Armin has uh, released a novel called Crossroads. So It's about Parsis, and uh, it's. I just happened to download it and read it after finishing my uh, series, the Goa Saga, and I wanted to change and. I downloaded a book and I finished it within I think what like a few hours, you know. So and it was a delightful read, light, easy, and still uh, you know, picking up very fine details about everyday life, not just party life, like every every life, things everybody can identify with. And I think I think it's a it, it was a wonderful book. So let's start off with that. You know, how did you come up with the idea? like number one, like, you know, uh, the idea of writing a book about Parsis and, uh, Crossroads in particular, you know, so how did you come
1: about that? Sure. Um, uh, first of all, hi, Isha. It's just so great to reconnect after all these years. Um, we've been close friends in school and then we've been in touch off and on through college and, uh, we've both so been fond of writing throughout. Um, so it's fantastic. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Um. Uh, about the stories uh, well a lot of them were like things my mom had told me about some old aunt or uncle somewhere you know um, and these are just sort of seeds sown in my mind over the years uh, of course I changed them significantly while writing them I kind of dramatized a bit more um, I make them into stories because some of them are just sort of anecdotes yeah. um, so it took a while I also was working on this book for almost four five years maybe yeah. Um, so I, I initially I had written a bunch of stories which were really quite rubbish. So then I uh, realized that they're not working. Then I had to delve deeper into, you know, what makes a good short story and um, how do you take something that's just a little nugget of information about somebody else's life mm-hmm. and, you know, make it interesting to other people. And will it, The thing I always had in mind is, will it be interesting to anybody who's not a Parsi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was basically how the book developed. Some of them were also you, ideas.
0: That so, did you write, uh, like, did you enroll yourself into a writing class or a creative writing uh, project, you know, just to understand how to write a short story? I mean, uh, is that what you do, uh, did, or did it like come from reading a lot of other short stories and going into details there and rereading some of the stuff that you've read earlier, probably? Mm-hmm. So, how, did, how how did you? come to that idea that okay you know I can develop something from like a two-line anecdote or a concept into a full-fledged story
1: sure Uh, so no I didn't attend any writing course at all I've always I have been an avid reader since I was young Mm -hmm. Um, I did reread one of my favorite writers is Rohanthad Mystery one is that of course the Parsi connect is there with his work but I just think that even besides that I know tons of non-Parsis who also yeah, he's deeply, yeah, I mean, everyone it. around the world, yeah, I just love it, right? You deeply connect with it. It doesn't matter if it's a fancy yeah, yeah. backdrop or not. It's just something so human about those stories and these characters are just so brilliant and the way it slowly unfolds over time and, you know, just a master writer. So um I, I anyway, do keep obsessively reading his books, rereading his books. I think I've read a fine balance like six or seven times. Wow. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah. I did it yeah. twice. I did it twice. I did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a heavy, it's like a hair I know friends have said this book is super depressing. And it is, but it's like great literature, right? And yeah. So yeah. I love I love that book like crazy. So um I did reread some of his work. Also John Steinbeck is also mm. one of my favorites. So. Yeah. A, yeah, completely different world, of course, American writer and set in the the, the Great Depression mm-hmm. and the struggles of the, that time and those characters. But again, I, I see a resemblance between both these writers somehow. I think they both are just, the way they take you into that the, that universe and the psyche and the, just their descriptive powers are like out of this world. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think these two are the guys I read and reread a lot. Um, but yeah, Dugnosi came to some reading books and trying out like many drafts of some of the stories, things like that.
0: And what about, what about like, self-censorship? Like, you know, so this is something that yeah. writers deal with. And, you know, it's like, like you said, you don't like stories before or even before you publish this one and then you kind of like trash them because you thought they were rubbish but they might not have been rubbish for a lot of people (laughs) but but this is something writers deal with all the time does it happen with designers as well because you're also a designer and does it happen with design as well like you know or are you more sure about Uh, when you're designing something say even if you're like designing something like a logo or doing something like that are you more sure when you do that than when you sit and like write a short story
1: Uh, so that's a great question one is that I haven't I'm not actively designing now even my job is more to do with writing although I work closely with designers but uh, so I'm now much more firmly planted completely in the writing realm but I used to work as a designer and I every day I deal with designers uh, work with them closely so it is definitely self-censorship does come in like the whole creative process is all about generating lots of ideas like divergent thinking initially and then knowing which ones to cut down which ones are not going to work you know which what do you throw out and what do you keep basically yeah. and I think that that knowledge that's the, that is the tough thing and I think the it comes with experience is what I feel it, it takes time and it's sort of a skill that you can't really learn in a classroom or there's no real course that can teach you it's judgment right basically yeah, and yeah. knowing knowing what are those parameters to judge your work so um but how yeah much, the principle applies to both
0: but uh how, how much does it uh, you know do, do you think of the audience when you like write or design or do you like uh, you know it's is it more like about you and putting your expression out there
1: this is a great question so i in my day job um, i do think of the audience the user a lot because i'm working uh, as a ux writer at microsoft okay. now so I, I i'm on the design team but i own, i write the um, i look after the language and messaging in microsoft teams mm-hmm. so um, so it's very user centric so in, in such a situation you have to keep the the user the audience whatever it is at the center of the solution mm-hmm. and um, you can be creative but you always have to know that will this work for them or not? You know, you must have that confidence. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I write stories, I just, that's for myself. Like, that's like art. I'll do, I'll write what pleases me and I won't think of does this have a market or an audience. I okay. really won't consider that very seriously. Okay, you
0: would, uh, but, but what about like, okay, so writing a Parsi book? Uh, a book about Parsi, sorry, not Parsi book, <laughs> a book about yeah. Parsi <laughs> in India. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and you're you're looking at a population which is about like. Say somewhere between 30 to 50,000. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not because the Parsis are all dying off, it's also a lot because a lot of the community has already got excommunicated. So, so, (laughs) (laughs) so, so yes, people are dying, but then there are people marrying outside also. So, that's what. so one of the things I liked about your book was that it gave me a glimpse of uh, you know, one of the stories because the guy is in the stool in the fire temple. It gave me being mm-hmm. a non Parsi who's not allowed to go to an Agiari. Mm-hmm. A glimpse mm-hmm. about what happens inside an agyari. Like, you know, so right. it, it's uh and it's that's always been you know, a no, uh, you know a dilemma for me because a lot of times I've been mistaken for Parsi even by the Bombay Parsi yes you, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I can I can believe that <laughs> so yeah like my colleagues were Parsi so I was mm. uh, you know kind of like mistaken for one and then I went to meet Bombay mm-hmm. Parsi and then they thought I was Parsi because I had a jump shade through connection <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know and then I was like uh, you know so so it was it was something I okay, you know, we're going to the Agyari and uh, this is happening at the Agyari and, like, you know, you might need to come and see. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is very custom. But it's, it's strange because outside of India, non-Parsis can go to Agaris, you know. So Exactly, like, yeah. In Iran, like, for example, it's... a lot of my... Uh, that I have Parsi friends, Zoroastrian friends in Iran, in Afghanistan.
1: Mm.
0: And mm-hmm. uh, the Agyari, the fire temples have some yeah. Like exactly. Giyarak, yeah. Places. uh Even even in Tehran, like you know, they yes are allowed to go as a non-Parsi uh, into their gyari, which, you know So it's it, exactly yeah. So that it was interesting for me as a non-Parsi to actually read about what happens inside. Why, I mean, at least you know, get a bit of a glimpse. Not everything. I mean, oh, you know, but uh, just a bit of bit of a glimpse about
1: sure. Uh, what yeah.
0: the, who does what you know what happens inside an again Aghi- and uh, yeah it's, uh, so when it, when you write a book like that I mean what are the reactions from from the within the Parsi community like within within the community in here like you know they uh, do they uh, appreciate it like you know and was it wasn't like covered everywhere in the Parsi journals and newspapers and newsletters and things like that or or uh, you know, did you have like some of the more orthodox voices saying, okay, why did you write this? And, you know, we <laughs> kind of a thing.
1: Uh, <laughs> great question. Um, well, I have either, it has been covered in some of the, there's a online and a printed journal called the Parsi Times. There's another one called um Gosh, I'm forgetting. There's also one in North America, the Fezana, uh, which has a big, you know, all there's a huge Parsi, I mean, relatively huge Parsi population hmm. in you know, Canada and the US. Hmm. So, um, it has been covered in their publication. It has been covered in another magazine called Parsiana. Hmm. There is China one Parsiana, Parsi, yeah. Yeah. There is one uh, Parsi publication called Jami Jamshed. Hmm. In I think Bombay, it's it has already covered. It's
0: the oldest. It's the oldest. Oldest, oldest newspaper, yes. probably in Bombay, I think. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is. Yeah. Um, that's the only one I haven't yet approached. Um, you're to a point that yes, the community is very split in India. It's like conservative and liberal, right? Yeah, There's a very yeah. distinct divide down the middle. Hmm. Um, I think there are much more, people, many more people now on the liberal side or at least semi-liberal because the fact is that most parties, young parties have married out or everybody knows somebody who's married out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The So the, the orthodox community is there but they're really small in numbers and logically if you think there's no point to being orthodox because we are vanishing Mm -hmm. so what are you holding on to and for who are you holding on to that and um, it tends to border on racism it feels like it's bordering on racism at times you know that mentality which is a dangerous road to go down so
0: um it's it's, it's, it's actually the whole idea of like uh, Parsi is not, uh, you know, like really uh, opening the doors to the fire temple Exactly. And the uh, and the whole idea of like not marrying outside the faith was because when they came to Gujarat as refugees back in the 1500s and even earlier, much earlier than that, actually, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, it did. It, it was. It was mainly because of that promise to the king that you know we'll do whatever. Exactly. We'll, we'll do That's our right. thing, and you know we'll not. Yes. Just, we'll just just like mix around in, in a bowl of milk, like sugar, you know, that kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. I mean, not, uh not, uh, you know, forcefully convert anybody else because that was a very, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Bible thread at that point of time because a lot of people were being forcefully converted into Islam and, you know, other, exactly. uh, whoever invaded India converted a large percentage of the population into that particular religion, you know, so. That's right. So that that was uh, that was a trend, but then the thing is, that now over the generations. <laughs> obviously, exactly. Obviously, know, that doesn't really exist, right? Because everybody's exactly. mixing around yeah. with
1: everybody else. So. That's exactly right. You can't live like you made a law uh, ten centuries ago. Like there was a there was a reason behind it. Then I get it. Mm-hmm. The reason is not doesn't hold water anymore. But uh, speaking to your point of that story, my intention was actually not initially to open. I did that like un- I think that happened as I told the story. <laughs> yeah. It was not. It was not my intention to actually open the doors of the Agyari, like, like metaphorically, <laughs> <Literally>, but
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, but even, uh, it's it's, is, it's it's amazing that you did because I haven't really read too much about <laughs> what happens inside, even yeah. even in Rohindran mysteries books. I mean, like not as yeah. much in detail, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that. The idea for the story was strangely shown in NID uh, when I was studying That over a conversation hmm. somebody mentioned that hey, you know there's this girl uh, in textile design or something and she's dating a Parsi priest. Okay. That's all I heard. Okay, okay. and that just like That completely, that like just captured my imagination at that moment. I was like, what? I mean, who is this? (laughs) This this is so, (laughs) this is super interesting. Like I need to get to the bottom of this, but I never got to the bottom. I don't even know who those people were. I don't even know the girl. I never know her name, but this, this thought just went into my head. Like it's somewhere around 2008, maybe. And then much later around 2014 or so, um, I was like, Hey, I got to explore this idea. This is like crazy good man, or Parsi, <laughs> because I, I know as an insider, how difficult it would be yeah. for a Parsi priest to, to and another thing that um, triggered the story was, there was a very old faculty member at NID who taught textile design. His name was Dhan, um, I'm forgetting his second name. He's passed away now. So he was like first batch of NID in 1960. And he was the son of a Parsi priest himself and okay. he had he had not taken out the priesthood and he had married a Gujarati Okay. Um, and like he had told Gujarati this to me once, a Gujarati Hindu yes and okay. it was a big like he had once hinted to me that it was a very big deal like obviously his parents are not taken, obviously his father is a priest right, hmm. I mean you, you 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 can't then have your daughter-in-law staying on the Agyari property or anything like there's so many yeah. implications of this um, so it was so that was another thing that kind of also influenced the story a little bit. Like you know, I wanted to just, I wanted to show that world of the priesthood mm. and how maybe it might be claustrophobic. I'm not saying it is, but uh, it could be maybe no, for it's, somebody. It's,
0: it's not. It's not yeah. just about like you know one particular religion because I like uh, even even when you look at like uh, Christian priests or. Brahmin yeah. priests or something, you know. It is a very close knit community. It is a very yes. everybody knows you. You know, so exactly. <laughs> the yeah. The thing is, and the, the more popular you are, the more secluded you tend to be because people mm. seek you out for blessings, they seek you out for advice. Yes. So you That's cannot right. you hold that position. Them, so you cannot be like any other person in your community. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just about pharmacy. That's where it touched the chord and I I remember years ago you uh, you did do an illustrated book about Parsis as well which I thought yes. was this book downloaded on Kindle and then I'm like opening it and I'm like where's where's illustration you know
1: are <laughs> <laughs> I mean, selling the wrong thing yeah <laughs> it's all mixed up there.
0: I, I, I still remember because you had that office like a small office in NID
1: yeah my husband I think was my boyfriend and I had set this up uh, like a small studio uh, mm. and I was that's a time I started really getting interested in writing seriously and hey, you know, I should do writing as a profession because I'm enjoying it much more. Not that I didn't enjoy design, but I realized that this is something that really, uh, like I'm very happy when I'm doing it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that we set up a small studio and the Parsi book, what you're talking about, that was a children's book. Yes, mm. it was done as a classroom project. Okay. but I, I I, even hunted for publishers I went to Delhi you're there looking for publishers but I couldn't get it off the ground
0: it was a graphic novel about Parsis that's why one
1: said, but, they felt that yeah some one publisher said that how many will really you sell like Parsis are so few anyway so yeah. they didn't see sellability uh, yeah yeah very story
0: narrow then, it tends to get like yeah, uh, yeah that's, Business, what, that's yeah. what publishers yeah. see yeah. I, I, I had the same issue with the Goa books as well because somebody was like mm-hmm. it's a book Goa so who's going to read it and I'm like you know how, yeah. many, how many people go to Goa <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> 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 I mean I'm
1: like okay you know it's,
0: it might have Goan characters but do you know how many people go to Goa, yeah. Every
1: year? <laughs> seriously? Yeah, exactly. And they're
0: know. looking
1: at yeah, they're looking at it very narrowly. Publishers yeah, sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah. they're not they lacking imagination is what I feel. They yeah. and they yeah they don't realize that they're not seeing the potential in some projects. I think sometimes they're just looking at numbers. Unfortunately, the business has become like that in yeah, India, so.
0: at least. So with, the, with this one with cross, uh, Crossroads Epica is like what is, is it your brand or is it like uh, an independent label? So is a.
1: It is both a independent label and something my husband set up uh, okay, I nice.
0: to to self-published books. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but it is ours. It belongs to us. Yeah. It belongs to you. No, but I, I think yeah. it, I think it's a good thing. It's a good start because I like this idea of like it's something like music labels do, you know, like musicians, yeah. you know, like they have their own label and then they kind of like sell it. Like, you know, even the big obviously yeah. the big ones have that, but even the smaller ones do that. Like you you have your own right. label and then you have a uh have the own the rights basically so exactly yeah i think it's a good step forward for a lot of independent authors and writers and it'll bring a nice mix into the uh you know into into the industry because (laughs) exactly (laughs) because anyway because what happens is like when you're like a commercial big publisher then you Mm. you look at essentially the commerce right so it's like if the trend is mythology it's Everybody's doing mythology. That's, that's right. Yeah. Everybody's doing self-help.
1: Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely right. That's what it is. It is just like a numbers game for them. And um, as you said, it's great. It's like now we have the technology that enables yeah. creators to put their own their work and put it out there. That's yeah. the best part. Yeah. That's right. Best. It is not that. That's not the only route. The traditional routes are not the only routes yeah. to get to get to market anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, so your next book will also be about Parsi or are you going to like diversify into other communities no no
1: I'm I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's so good <laughs> that's funny no I'm not I'm, I don't think I'm writing about Parsis next no uh, maybe I'm just uh, myself exhausted with the topic <laughs> it's like saturated
0: <laughs> so so the, so okay I'm also mother of a toddler and you're also mother of a yeah. toddler then how does this how do you juggle all these duties of like writing and then working like you know at microsoft and then having a publishing label of your own and doing your marketing of books and things like that like how, how, <laughs> how a you good question <laughs> <laughs> <With> <laughs> <online> <laughs> <school>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God, I I hate those two words. Online school, really I hate those words. But uh, <laughs> but I've grown to just get accustomed to them. The truth is I've not been writing anything on the fiction side since the, at least in the pandemic. Okay. Uh, I keep thinking, I, I jot down ideas and all sometimes. Hmm. Uh, maybe I write just a para, two, three paras sometimes. Just okay. like, uh, but I don't have not seriously, I'm thinking now I will start. I'll have to discipline myself. And just sit for maybe half an hour in the night or in the early morning and write something work on something mm. so um i'm trying to start that but honestly i just focused on in the pandemic i've just it's just been job and yeah kid toddler <laughs> and the online school and the rest of it so um but with regards to i'm not i'm bad at promoting this book i've not been pro- i mean i'm it's difficult to sell things i feel at least from, yeah, that's... In, in, for I... a lot
0: but that's not just uh, so right now like the entire shift in the publishing industry has been that, that the owners of selling the book even for the top mm. publishers has been on the author yeah. So even if exactly. you're like you know uh, so unless you are like somebody of a level of like say Amitabh Ghosh or you know Exactly yes you were right. like you know a yeah. your book will sell yeah. based on your name Name <laughs> Yeah uh, Others like you know everybody else in the second round or the third wrong has had to do the selling themselves Like so Absolutely right like, Become like marketing agents for the book Yes And then you have to like organize even, even for the blobs and things like that getting celebrities or celebrity writers mm-hmm. to actually <laughs> you know, yeah. read and give a blog or give a like you know two line review of your book. I
1: mean, you, you have to do all of that, so it's, <laughs> you have to do all of that, yeah. So you exactly? have to do all that, and i yeah, I've been doing I've just been using my social my own social media accounts. I initially I'd put it on LinkedIn even when I first mm-hmm. when I had just come out. Uh, recently I've been using Instagram, sometimes Twitter, and sometimes Facebook, but I don't do it very often. Yeah. Once that I feel like People also like too frequent is also not good. Sometimes I think there should be some gap. Um Why, I, when, I also did you
0: publish the book. You published it this year or last year? When did it publish?
1: L- the last year. Uh, March twenty April twenty twenty, I think, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: And yeah, then the paper.
0: so it's like it's it's in both paperback and uh, and kindle both published on the same day around the same time, or did you like stagger do the paperback
1: first and then we can do no both uh, at the same time the paperback is actually done through this place called Notion Press they are mm-hmm. in India
0: yeah I know um,
1: yeah they they provide this like, self-publishing platform which is yeah. great like they will yeah. print your book and they will supply it to the market so you don't have any other hassle of logistics which is fantastic yes. Yes. and Amazon also takes care of that which is fantastic for um, yeah. so the international other yeah. countries yeah and, yeah and, uh, yeah well, so yeah um, Kindle uh, Amazon's Kindle self-publishing platform is pretty good hmm. um, I mean in the sense that everything once you figure it out and put your book up there like you don't have to do anything else except for promote
0: yeah which, which is the hassle right which is the hassle <laughs> yeah which is the hassle actually we are not we are not big name.
1: it's like it's like uh, if, if Chetan
0: Bhagat or uh, no well but,
1: or, but, even but, mystery but, but, but even, I mean
0: okay like you know and even to promote i mean it's not just uh, so it it it's has to be like a very consistent thing of like doing exactly and meeting meeting yes yes in person, right. which because of the pandemic is again difficult it's, it's all
1: right. gone that's the problem exactly you can't do a real book launch you can't physically go yeah. sign books anywhere all that is gone right so it's only online so how do you maximize online and if you're just using your own social media platforms like I have been and I have a pathetic number of followers on them. So, (laughs) like, how do you break out of that circle, right? You're only showing it to the same bunch of family and friends every time. So, you need to somehow get unless they start talking to other people about your book that's right which is why thank you for this podcast at least it's one way of getting more people to your at least you got me talking about books. your book so it's good yeah yeah that's right. That right eternally grateful yeah no, that- i think
0: i think i but i actually like i actually like the book because it, it the, the reason being that it's not it's it also covers the places that i have lived in so it's <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> so it kind of like brings in that familiarity between them and Bombay, kind of a thing you know you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh relate to that stuff i, I mean so it's it's it, it, i i like that book for that and which is why i uh thought of having a board having you on the podcast and nice. i do hope that um you managed to sell more copies because of this, also. But I have spent the word at least among all our school friends. Okay. <laughs> this is a conversation I had with another journalist friend of mine. I recently interviewed mm-hmm. her, and she's uh, she's based in Ireland. And I I recently interviewed her, and she was saying the same thing. Like you know that she's like each other you know when you get into self-publishing it's it's difficult to promote advertise and sometimes Mm -hmm. you know what happens is from your own peers like within like other writers might not uh, you know uh, promote your book or might not talk about it because I don't know why that happens like you know you might count them as friends and journalists and writers but they don't want to talk about it and then you might get support from people who have no connection with writing? Yes. Comment, yeah. You know, like your book was nice, or I I have read a book, or you know I read a few pages of this, or something. You know, you get some kind of yeah. comment from that. I like the job <laughs>
1: exactly,
0: or, or something like that. Well, well, within your peers, within your own circuit, you don't get that support, and it True. happens. It happens a lot with writing. Yeah. The journalists because yeah. like, you know, you're too focused on your work and it's uh, it's also like a bit competitive right
1: <laughs> yes exactly yeah and it so, happens with all the creative, uh, yeah, all the whole creative industry in, I think yeah it
0: happens in design mm. as well it happens in people to talk about your film and not somebody else's <laughs>
1: so. exactly yeah it's but natural right yeah because everybody's trying to get visibility
0: Yeah. yeah everybody's trying to get visibility and with social media it gets difficult but i do hope that your your book gets a bit of traction because of this podcast and it's been amazing talking to you and connecting with you after a long time really great you. talking, Isha. thank you yeah. so much thank you yeah.